It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty, and gosh, 10 years I've been on this program, helping you better understand the real estate market, the trends within it, so that you become an informed consumer and you make informed decisions when it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate. So exciting show for you today. I'm actually joined in the studio this morning by Derek Goulet of Fairway Independent Mortgage. We're going to talk with him for probably at least half the show about what's happening on the mortgage side of real estate, mortgage side of the business. So we're going to have a lot of questions for him, uh, some personal questions that I want to ask, and then, of course, some questions that just we get asked routinely or that he gets asked routinely and tell, just kind of help you guys better understand what's happening on on that side of the equation. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Fantastic. So uh, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover what's happening in the market. There's some very interesting information that uh, is coming out. And it gets, I guess it depends on where you're looking for for data on the housing market. It seems like we're kind of in this interesting time in this in this market where one half of people think the market's going to go up or be okay. The other half is, you know, preaching doom and gloom, worst case scenarios. Um, and so we're going to talk through that. We're going to talk about what that means for us here in the Charleston, South Carolina real estate market. Uh, and of course, if you guys ever have any questions, if you want to reach out to me, you want to have a private conversation about your interest in buying, selling, or investing in real estate, or maybe you own a home and you want to have it managed professionally by a property management company, then you know we'd love the opportunity to earn your business. I can be reached at 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or you can always go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. A lot of great information on there. Uh, you can find out you know, how much your home is worth, search homes for sale, find out how many buyers we have for your home right now. We've got a really cool way of kind of searching through our database based on a location, price range, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, and it'll tell us how many folks within our active database of about 25,000 buyers uh, would be an actual fit for your home. So listingsincharleston.com is the website to go to, and we'll get to Derek's contact information in just a minute. But I just want to, I want to open this up because I get asked this question all the time, and it's such a you know, a, a common question that comes with such a ridiculously wide variety of answers. But, you know, how's the market or, or how's business? <laughs> well, you and I kind of talked a little bit about this earlier. So it's kind of, I say some days are good and some days aren't. Um, the markets today are just, I would say, wildly in tune with what's going on in interest rates and banking. And there is so much information out there that's coming out on a daily basis that's in influencing and fluctuating rates that, like I said, some days are good and some days aren't. And I think what's interesting about that is that, I mean, going back, let's go back to 2008, right? I think a lot of people, especially those that, like our listenership, as an example, when they go to buy or sell a home, it's not their first rodeo, right? Yep. The folks that listen to the show for the most part are higher income earners. You know, they're in the top echelon of, of income earners. They, they buy bigger, more expensive homes. Um, not to say that, you know, I mean, we work with everybody, right? Anybody that we think we can help, we work with. 
Um, but it just so happens that the listeners of the show usually are a little older. They've, they've been through this process a time or two before. But what I find really interesting is that this time around, I think that the, the cuts and the wounds from 2008 are still very fresh in oh. people's minds. Oh, yeah. And I think you have a lot of people that are almost like waiting for something like that to happen again to just validate their concerns or maybe their beliefs that we're, we're in for 2008 all over again. Uh, so they're being overly cautious. But what they're doing to prep for that is they're staying really in tune with what's happening in the market. And so I would say that today's consumer is considerably more educated, maybe because of the availability of data, uh, than they were maybe leading up to the crash of 2008. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's a very accurate statement. So, And so from your side of the business, um, because rates, I mean, rates change multiple times per day, right? It's Especially just, right now. <laughs> yeah, it depends on which way the wind is blowing is, is, is what's going to happen with interest rates at the moment. And so, um, you know, for those folks that are doing a lot of self-education right now and they're, and they're looking to either this show or they're looking on, you know, CNBC or Fox or wherever to go and get their information on what's happening in the, in the not just economically, but as that relates to the real estate market. Um, in your daily conversations with people, um, do, you f- do you find it harder to kind of educate folks on what's happening in the market? Or do you think that that has, has helped with those conversations? I think it's helped and hindered both at the same time. So the helping is that people come in and they, some people do know a lot. Some people think they know a lot, which is good, but that's where it also hinders you because sometimes when you think you know a lot, you're not always open to like what somebody's saying or suggesting or bringing a new idea to the table, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I mean, we deal with it a lot when it comes to the value of someone's home. I mean, over the past several years, the like Zillow's estimate for someone's home has become to them, you know, like the Bible. You know, it's it's that it is what it is, and so we have a tough time at times helping people understand what the true value of their home is and how we arrived at that number. I'm curious, you, do you deal with the same when it comes to like interest rates that they might see on you know, Lending Tree or Rocket Mortgage or just doing some sort of generic online search to figure out what interest rates are right now? Absolutely. And there is such a, a widespread right now um, within the rate market. Just, you know, there's in the mortgage world, we call it margin compression, which just means that a loan is not as valuable today as it was even six to eight months ago. And so either people work for less money or they charge more in points. It's kind of the the short version of what margin compression means. Gotcha. And I, and I want to ask something in relation to that. Let's talk about points for a minute. Uh, yeah, obviously, I know what points are. You know what points are. But for the just everyday listener, what are they? How much do they cost? How do you feel about them? Good, bad, or indifferent? Um, what's your take on that? So points are just a percentage of the loan amount for a consumer. So for easy math, if somebody's buying a $350,000 house and they're getting a $350,000 loan and they're paying one point to get it, they're paying $3,500 to purchase whatever interest rate it is they're getting. 
Does that answer that question? Yeah. The first part of it. So then um, good, bad, or indifferent is a good way to describe it. I would say that today points are way more valuable than they have been in the past. And what I mean by that is because loans are not as valuable overall as they used to be, points go a long way in the form of interest rate. So six, eight, 10 months ago, 1% of your loan amount, so that that $3,500 used to maybe get you between 0.125 and 0.25 often rate, so a quarter often rate. Today, that that 1% is generally changing your interest rate by somewhere between 0.625 and 0.875. So the payback period on that is very short. I see you thinking over there. So what questions is that? No, I just, I, I, you know, I just, you know, I'm a big math guy. So you had mentioned that uh, mortgages are less valuable today than they have been in the past. I wonder if you could expand on that first and then I'll get to my second question. So what I mean by they're less valuable today is at the end of the day, you know, we have three big entities that buy these things, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae. And they know that these loans aren't going to be on their books for very long based on forecasting and other macroeconomic factors. And so they say, hey, we're not going to pay you as much for that loan today because we know that it's not going to be sitting on our books for probably more than 12 to 24 months. Okay. And why it's such a short period of time for those loans to sit on their books as opposed to three, five, 10 years? Yeah. Historically, the average is like 7.87 years. That's just the rolling average lately. Um, Again, going back to the word macroeconomic factors, there's enough macroeconomic factors that probably say that in the coming future we'll be in some sort of recession. Now, before everyone like, oh gosh, recession. You said the R word. Uh-oh. You heard it. Um, rece- the technical definition of recession is just two quarters of overall economic contraction. doesn't mean the sky is falling. It doesn't mean it's 2008. And in fact, if we look at most recessionary periods, I actually sent you the chart. You could probably post it. Um, out of the last 80 years, 73 out of those 80 years, housing values have gone up even in recessions and recessions tend to lead to lower interest rates. So that's why Fannie, Freddie, Ginny are saying these loans won't be on our books for probably more than 24 months, the vast majority of them. So, And when you look, when you look at the you know, just the macroeconomics, because, you know, you've got a few different types of folks from my perspective in my industry, right? You have people that are just operators, right? They're transaction facilitators. You want to buy or sell a home? Great. I know how to buy, help someone buy and sell real estate, and I can walk you through that process. Then you have people that really study the market and not just what's happening locally and and in the local economy, but they understand the bigger picture, right? They understand the trends. They understand the movement of money. They understand the overall thoughts and opinions of consumers and how that's impacting everything. And that's a learned skill. It's something that takes a long time to to get the hang of because there's so much information to digest and absorb and and truly understand. Um, And so for the folks that are really in tune with the market, when we sit down with them and we help them understand not only here's what your home is worth, but here's why I would price it this way and here's why I'm suggesting this strategy. And then they can pull bits and pieces from that, that knowledge base that they've built over time and in terms of what's happening economically, politically, how that's impacting the market because real estate is a lagging indicator of the economy. 
So I'm curious when you say that there are enough indicators macroeconomically to believe we're heading into a recession, uh, if you could expand on that and then what you believe that might do to interest rates, say, over the next six to 12 months. So, I mean, one of the biggest factors that that most of the mortgage world looks at and I look at a lot is like jobs, both creations, job keeps. And if you look at the numbers that have been coming out, I'm going to pause right there and I'm going to also add inflation and I'll get back to that in a second. But so jobs numbers. So historically, jobs numbers in healthy economies grow. And while the job creations numbers from January and February that have been released so far, at least on the surface, look like they've grown, they actually changed the way that they publish the data. Because if you look at the number of people that are unemployed, that grew. And you look at the number of people that have filed unemployment benefits, that grew. So what happened in in January and February is you have these seasonally adjusted jobs that normally come off the payrolls. And historically, January loses about 3 million of those seasonal workers that came off of payrolls from the Christmas holiday season. Well, this year we only lost 2.5 million. So the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics <laughs> came out and said, well, we normally lose 3 million and this year we only lost 2.5 million. So 500,000 people kept their job or they were created. It's literally the first time in 20 years that they've changed the way that they look at that, that equation. All right. It's like them it's, changing how they uh, you know, assess inflation, Yeah, right? It's fuzzy math. <laughs> exactly. So going back to my whole thing about inflation, so the way that the Federal Reserve is looking at inflation is they're looking at it as a lagging indicator. So um, currently 43% of the housing number, the core CPI, which is what the Fed is looking at for their interest rate decisions over the next you know month, month over month basis, um, housing makes up 43% of that. Well, the housing figure that they use is from 12 months ago. And 12 months ago, housing inflation was roughly 8.2%. And so if you take 43% of that number, it's around three. Whereas today, housing inflation is only 3%. And so if you literally just moved the, the, the mark of when they're looking at the housing inflation data, our core CPI would go from five and a half to three, which is almost in line with what the Fed is targeting for inflation. So inflation is probably- Which is two, right? Yeah. So inflation's probably pretty close to where the Fed actually wants it in reality, but they're looking at data that's so old that it's influencing decisions which lead to bigger economic issues, i.e. recession. Yeah, and that's and frankly, that's part of the problem with just the nature of data as it relates to real estate yep. because you have to understand the lag effect of the, of the data. You know, like as an example- uh, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna point to this really quickly. There was a, an article that came out at the end. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, and it was from CNBC, and it says home sales spike 14 and a half percent in February as the median price drops for the first time in over a decade. And so these were the three main bullet points in this article. Bullet point number one is that sales of previously owned homes rose 14 and a half percent in February compared to January. 
It was the first monthly gain in 12 months and the largest increase since July of 2020, just after the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. And higher mortgage rates have been cooling home prices since last summer. And for the first time in a record 131 consecutive months, nearly 11 years, prices were lower on a year-over-year comparison. So you look at that and you say, all right, well, whoa, maybe we might be turning a corner here. Um, well, what the article didn't mention is that February this this year was actually almost 25% lower than last February. And what they don't mention is that it was the worst February for home sales in the past 10 years. So there's always two sides to every coin. And that's part of the reason why I know that folks that listen to this show know how to read between the lines and not just take information from one particular data source. But, um, you know, you've got all of these different data sets and, and factors that go into formulating people's opinion of the real estate market. Um, I want to take a break, but I want to just kind of tease what you think might be happening uh, in our local market here in the next, you know, really, let's let's look ahead to like this summer. What, where do we think we're going to be? So I'm going to come back to you after we take a short break. And again, if you want to reach out to me, if you have some questions for me about the real estate market, about your interest in buying, selling, or investing in real estate, you can reach out to me at 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or you can go online and look at our website, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And Derek, how would folks reach you if they have any questions about mortgages? Best way to get in touch with me is my cell phone. It's area code 949 280 8044. Awesome. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Stay tuned for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. 1250 WTMA. Now, here's more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm, of course, your host, Brian Beatty. And in the studio today, Derek Goulet with Fairway Independent Mortgage, helping us better understand the mortgage side of this business right now. Uh, we've we've already gotten some great information out of them, uh, and we're going to keep pressing. We've got some more questions for them. And I, I teased before the end of last segment that uh, I was curious to know, from your perspective, kind of where you see this market heading. You know, do we think rates are going up? Do we think we're staying the same? Do we think we're coming down a little bit? What's your crystal ball telling you? Well, my crystal ball is fuzzy, but... Uh... Yeah, mine too. I dropped it in the mud. But... Yeah. <laughs> trying to wipe it off as best I can. Seriously. Um, I, I actually, based on a lot of the talking heads that I follow and watch, um, I think that rates are going to be steady to coming down in the foreseeable future. Um, and I think that that leads to good buying opportunities today because if you find the right house, it's probably going to cost you less money in the near future. And and by near, I mean could be six to 18 months, but you know, over that time frame, I think there's enough things that point to values holding and, um, rates coming down. Right. Right. You know, you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, looking at the jobs market, interestingly, indeed just dropped 15% of their workforce. They laid off like 2,200 people, which is interesting because obviously they're the ones that have the data on 
you know, the, on the job market. Um, and I think they went on to say in, in an article that was published recently that um, companies that are like boosting ads are that that income is down 33%. And so when you start looking at these layoffs, especially, frankly, white collar layoffs, right, that means less money injected into the market, which affects everybody in all businesses, which causes layoffs for blue collar in, in all different areas, which leads to less consumer spending, which can lead to a recession, right? We, we mentioned that word um, in our last segment. And there's, look, there are way more factors that go into that, but that is about the most watered down version I can give you in terms of what's likely going to happen here in the next little while, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So moving forward, you know, I think the challenge that a lot of people have is they always want to time the market, right? They always want to know when's the best time to buy something, when's the best time to sell something. It's a very, very, very challenging thing to do. I would say that uh, about 90% of that is is luck. Um, but for folks that are educated, that 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 listen to this program, that just that spend their time making sure that they're an informed consumer, what do you say to the folks that are frankly trying to do that, trying to time the market? How do you help them do that? And is it also appropriate to kind of shift their way of thinking a little bit or, or introduce some new information to kind of help them through the broader understanding of why they're doing what they're doing? Well, I think it's totally appropriate to try to shift their thinking because timing the market is virtually impossible. But I think if you can buy on that, because the market kind of does this this U curve, you know, on the way down, on the way back up. I think if you can buy anywhere near the bottom of the U, which we probably are, I mean, prices have softened. But what it does is it creates buying opportunities, even though somebody might be trading a 3% rate for a 6 or 6.5% rate today, and their payment might be higher. They might be able to move from the house that they like to the house that they love. And so there's no perfect time, but I think it's a really good time. And sellers that are on the market are motivated. And generally, you A, you might be able to get closing costs paid for where you couldn't get them six right. to 12 months ago. Right. Or B, you might be able to get a better deal on the house today than you could six to 12 months ago. Um, and in my opinion, I think you're better off taking a slightly higher price with closing costs than you are to get the lowest price overall on the house because the math works out better, but that's a uh, different. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, and, and, you know, one of the great things about working with Derek is that he'll, he'll show this to you, right? He'll break this down. He'll say, all right, well, if you want to pay a lower price for the house and not have the seller pay your closing costs, here's what the payment looks like versus maybe paying, you know, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 more on the house, but having the seller pay your closing costs. Here's the difference in payment. And here's kind of the, the, the you know, the, the length of time that it would take for this to make sense or not make sense based on payment and how long you plan on staying in the house. Correct. So the, the way I like to explain it just in really short form is when you're financing, you're getting a percentage of every dollar. So if you're putting 10% down, the, the bank is giving you 90% of every dollar that you're borrowing from them in the purchase price. Whereas closing costs are dollar for dollar. So you, you're getting no breaks on those from the bank because the bank's not covering 90% of that number. 
Exactly. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, the, the thing that is challenging, I think, at times for folks to hear, and this is just me being honest, is that, and, and our industry is very guilty of this, the real estate industry, because, you know, every home, every time we talk to somebody, it's, well, this is the biggest investment of your life, right? And so they look at the home that they purchase, the home they live in, that they make memories in, that they raise their kids in, purely as an investment. And sometimes it, it kind of makes sense to, I don't know, help them better understand that if you want to invest in real estate, invest in cash flowing real estate or invest in a flip or do something like that. This is, this is your home. Yes, you want to make sure that uh, you're making a wise financial decision on the home that you purchase because it likely represents your biggest asset. Um, but to look at it purely from an investment perspective means that you're going to likely forego some incredible opportunities to purchase a home that does check all the boxes that might not be at the exact right, perfect time to buy it. In other words, a lot of folks out there are just waiting for the stars to align. And um, I want to bring up another point that might help with kind of softening that initial blow uh, in terms of, you know, the folks that look, you've got a 3% interest rate, life is good. You got some mass, you know, cash in the bank. You've, you know, you've done well through this recession or not through this recession, but through COVID. Um, and now you see this home that you want to buy and it's, it's going to be at a six per six and a half percent interest rate. Yep. Talk with us a little bit about two, one rate buy downs. This is something that, you know, basically got introduced, what, half a year ago, close to a year ago, maybe. I'll, I'll say reintroduced. Well, it was, it's not it was new, a, but... Correct, yeah. Yeah, but it's a lot of people are hearing it for the first time now. Yes. And so help our listenership understand what a 2-1 rate buy-down is, what it means, how much it costs, and why that might make sense for them. Perfect. So a 2-1 buy-down, in the easiest way to understand it and describe it is you are taking 2% out of your interest rate for the first 12 months in the form of your monthly payment. So we'll go with math. So if your payment should be $2,000 a month and we're taking 2% out of the rate and it drops to $1,500 a month, uh, the seller is going to put $6,000 in an account for you for year one. Year two, it splits a difference. So it's $1,750. They're going to put another $3,000. The seller is going to put $9,000 in an account. And every month during the first 12 months, you're going to write a $1,500 check we're going to grab $500 from that account. Therefore, it is taking 2% out of the, the interest rate in the form of payment to the buyer for that first 12 months, and then it takes 1% out in the next 12 months. And one of the really cool benefits of the program is that if rates do come down enough that we can refinance you before that time period is over, that money goes to the buyer. And it offsets either their closing costs or it's a check cut after you close free money in your pocket, essentially, in some regard. So I think that there's a lot of scenarios where they make a ton of sense um, as long as they're explained correctly and people really go in with eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was second part of that question. Well, I mean, it's just kind of piggybacking off of that. So let's, you know, rates were six and a half percent. Let's just grab a rate out of thin air. Six and a half percent. So you get a two one buy down paid for by the seller. Yep. That means that 
for the first year that you have a mortgage, instead of it being 6.5%, it's 4.5%. Correct. Then the next year, it's 5.5%. And then on year three, it just goes to whatever the normal rate is for that 30-year fixed, 6.5%. Yep. Hopefully, within that time frame, it makes enough sense for you to refinance and lock in to a new 30-year fixed rate, somewhere in the fives, high fours, who knows? I mean, that's that's the challenge is we don't know what the Fed's going to do. We don't necessarily know which direction this market's going to head. Um, we can use our best guesses, but the two one rate buy down, uh, in my opinion, is a fantastic option for buyers right now in an environment where sellers are more open to providing that Correct. to the buyer. And that's one of the big differences between you know the, the, the COVID market and now is that sellers didn't have to even consider something like that in order to sell their house because people are lined up down the street to look at their house and buy it. We do still have that a similar element to that because there's hardly anything for sale in our market. Like the inventory has not gone up like we hoped it would have in March, which is March and April are like the two telltale signs for how the rest of the year is going to shape out based seasonally adjusted. So because of this lack of inventory, sellers still do have a bit of an upper hand, but the consumer confidence is low enough to the point where people are open to negotiations and willing to do kind of what they need to do to make a deal work so long as it makes sense. Correct. So the buyers out there that are saying, well, I'm going to wait for rates to come down or I'm going to wait for prices to come down. Um, that's a very, I mean, you could be waiting a long time for that. But for the folks that say I'm waiting for the rate to come down, there's a way to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish right now and have it be paid for by the seller. Correct. Which might not always be the case. Well, it's certainly not always going to be the case. But if you think about this, what? let's say that um, you know in May when they revisit things, interest rates go down to 4%. You know, probably not going to happen. But let's just for the sake of argument say that interest rates suddenly drop to 4%. Well, what's that going to do to prices? Go up. It's going to shoot them way up. Yeah, because right? all of a sudden... You know, the person who's sitting on a whole bunch of equity can now afford something much bigger. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, there are a ton of people on the sidelines right now that would like to move if everything kind of makes sense. They don't need to move. It's a want, not a need. Yep. But there is a very large portion of people uh, that we call shadow inventory, right? People that would sell if, say, we brought them an offer and it made sense to them or they didn't have to market their home or so on and so forth. And so... That's what we work so hard as a real estate team to develop is this list of opportunities that are not publicly available. I mean, that's one of the great benefits in working with a seasoned, high-performing real estate agent is that we've got this huge database of people that represent opportunities that no one else has access to. And so, um, you know, I, I want to uh, give out your contact information again. I want to make sure that people know how to reach you, Derek. And then I just want to kind of close with some some final thoughts on on your end about the market um, or about anything that you'd like to share with you know our listenership. Sounds good. So your contact info, best way to reach you is? Cell phone, 949-280-8044. That's 949-280-8044. And then I guess just final thoughts. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think is important for folks to know uh, or anything just on your mind that you're willing to share? No, I mean, I would just say um, there's probably more hesitancy in a lot of buyers to like start that application process because they don't really know what's going to be available. 
But I still think that's such a vital, important, vitally important step. Having the conversation, it doesn't always mean like we're running credit. It doesn't always mean that we're gathering every last piece from you. But having an idea of what it is that you can or cannot do is so important when you go into this, whether you're selling for the first time, selling for the 10th time, buying for the first time, buying for the 10th time. You might have an idea, but a lender might tell you something different. And so start that conversation earlier than you think you need to so that when the right opportunity comes up, you're ready to go. Absolutely. We've been talking about that for so long on this program that the fact that there's this, a lot of people just don't want to have the conversation. You know, they just don't want to have that either invasion of their privacy or uh, they just feel like, hey, it's too soon. I'll get to it when I find a house that I like. Yep. And I can't tell you the number of times where, um, even though we suggest that they, I mean, we can't force people to do anything, right? But it just frankly sucks when a buyer finds a home that they really like. They've been waiting for maybe months and months and months for this home to hit the market only to find out that there's, you know, something on their credit report that's inaccurate or that they didn't know about that's dragging down their score, which increases their cost, which makes it, it doesn't make sense to move forward with the purchase at that time. All of which could have been prevented and handled, or even if those things don't exist, you can look at it through, you know, a clear lens and say, hey, you know, if you did this, or if you paid this down, or if you did this, that, or the other, then we can get you an even better rate and, and lower your payments even more. I mean, the consultative approach that good lenders take is extremely valuable because here's the reality, folks. There is a massive opportunity to lose a lot of money when you're transacting in real estate. And there are a bunch of different, you know, toll booths along the way that you pass through in terms of like negotiating a deal, right? The initial negotiations, negotiating repairs, negotiating this, that, and the other. The people you work with, the service providers that you work with, how much they cost. Are there any pass-through savings because of the volume of business that the agent does with that particular service provider? Same thing with lenders. I mean, there's, like I said, there's just the massive opportunity to either lose or make a lot of money in a transaction. And it's not all in one place. It's scattered throughout the transaction, which is why it's so important to work with a company that's thought through all those little things to provide you with the best opportunity to frankly make the most money possible on the purchase. Or actually get the deal across the finish line. That too. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, the reason I brought that, that whole concept of like talking to somebody early is, and you, you alluded to it, but you also just might miss the house because you, if you're in action, you weren't ready to go and the house came up. And you couldn't get to your lender fast enough. Yeah. There's lots of real world examples of that right now because inventory is tight. Absolutely. So, well, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, if you guys want to reach out to me, if you didn't get Derek's number down, you can always just uh, give me a buzz or go to my website. My phone number is 843-800-0065. That's 800-0065 or go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com and just say, hey, I want to talk to Derek Goulet uh, from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Great guy. Uh, I've got some questions for him and I'll pass that information right along. So 
Thanks again, Derek. And uh, stick around for a little bit more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Broadcast Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday mornings at 10 on The Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. 1250 You're listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Uh, big thank you to Derek Goulet with Fairway Independent Mortgage for coming on the program and helping us better understand the mortgage side of the business. Um, you know, we had a really nice uh, client appreciation party last week. We rented out. Uh, mainland container company right there in Mount Pleasant as it uh, kind of leads into Sullivan's Island. They had a nice big oyster roast and um, a lot of folks that were there that were past clients had obviously uh, heard of us uh, on our radio show and decided to do business with us. So first of all, for those of you that are listening, thank you for coming. Thank you for your business. We we really appreciate it. Um, and one of the things that I asked kind of in that, in that uh, event was, you know, what did they think of the show? What could be done differently? And, um, you know, obviously that, that question takes courage because this is uh, a show that I just, I love doing. I really do enjoy coming here and helping you guys better understand the real estate market and, and doing it in a way where, I guess if I'm being honest, I don't necessarily have to worry about the uh, feelings or opinions of somebody that I might be sitting across the table from. I get to just tell you like it is and you take what you want from it. Uh, but I do want to say thank you to those of you that listen to this program and rely on the information within it to help shape your understanding of this real estate market. Is now the right time? What do I need to know before I start this process? Uh, those are the kinds of questions that we want to answer on this program. So thank you for for tuning in consistently. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, by the way, uh, we've got a bunch of versions of this radio show going back for almost 10 years uh, on YouTube. We've got over 700 videos on YouTube. So um, just search the Brian Beatty team on YouTube and you can watch videos. You can uh, put a face to the name or the voice um, or you can go to our website, listingsincharleston.com. A lot of great information there. Um, or of course, you can give me a call, 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Now I want to just finish this one thought really quickly, which was the article that I had mentioned that came out a few weeks ago that was really boasting the the fact that you know home sales had spiked you know almost 15% in February uh compared to January and that the median price had dropped for the first time in over a decade and it really did sound like you know hey wow we 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 might be you know turning a bit of a corner here right well the you know the article did go on to mention that sales in February this year were actually about 23% lower than last February but again what they didn't mention is the fact that this was the worst February for home sales in the past 10 years. Now, locally, it was the worst February in the past five years, which is frankly somewhat expected when you, you think about the inventory and the interest rate environment before COVID. But if you look at the number of homes that went under contract in February, which is what we call pending sales, we haven't seen a number that low since February of 2015, when there were literally three times the number of homes for sale compared to what we have or what we had for sale in February of this year. So, you know, then you've, you've got a bunch of, you know, real estate agents using 
specific data sets to kind of form their opinion or, or rather your opinion of the real estate market based on you know, what they decide to share. You know, they get to pick and choose kind of little little data sets and, and data points and, and say, hey, look at this one thing. Now's a great time to buy. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think folks uh, really have a tough time trusting real estate agents. That's why we don't have a very good reputation is because for some reason, it's always the right time to buy or sell a home. You ever notice that? Well, as an industry, here's the reality. We're made up of mostly operators, right? Not owners. A lot of people with real estate licenses are transaction facilitators. And, and there's a lot to be said for you know, staying in your lane. Uh, I'm certainly not uh, an economist, but there are some, very few, uh, that take the time and commit to being a resource for their clients by educating themselves on the market, the local economy. They look for new ways to you know, bring value to their clients through programs or incentives or through relationships like folks with Derek. And they not only help you get the job done, but they help you make money in the process. And as I was mentioning to Derek, you know, the opportunity to lose money in real estate is pretty massive when you think about it. You know, price the home incorrectly, ignore the repair that the agent said was was fine. Um, lazy negotiations, you know, maybe agents that are just concerned with getting the deal done and moving on to the next one. Um, not having a full service mindset or surrounding themselves with other service providers that you're going to interact with at some point throughout your, you know, your your transaction, whether it be the closing attorney or the lender or um, you know, maybe the contractor if you need to get some work done. I would say on average, there's an opportunity for everyone to win or lose at least ten thousand dollars would would be my guess on on a typical everyday transaction. Obviously the higher in price you go, the more you stand to either win or lose, which is why the agent that you hire matters so much, especially in this kind of market. I would really be looking toward the people or looking for the people that have sold real estate in this type of environment because if they haven't, then, and I I noticed this on appointments that we go on, on people we talk with, that people are still being kind of fed the same lines that they were being fed during you know, the really hot market of the beginning of last year and the year before. And we're just in a different market now. It takes a different set of skills. It takes a slightly different approach. It takes more proactive measures and commitments from the agent that you hire. And it's important, I think, to have options when working with that agent in terms of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Do you need to sell really quickly? Are you trying to sell for the most value? It doesn't matter how long it takes. Are you somewhere in the middle? And that's why we have listing commission plans. You know, we can get you as low as 2.4%. So if that's something that I can help you with, if you want to learn more about that, if you just want to have a conversation with somebody uh, that does this at a very high level, and I invite you to give me a call or text me if if you'd prefer to do that. But my number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And finally, if you prefer, you can just send me an email. Uh, the email address is brian, at, with an I, at brianbadyteam.com. Stick around for the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Visit Brian Beatty's website at listingsincharleston.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues next on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA. 
Now, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues on Charleston's Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the last minute, literally, of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. I ran along with Derek, and uh, we had a great conversation about the state of the mortgage market. If you missed that, it will be on YouTube here shortly. But just wanted to provide you guys with a friendly reminder that if you're thinking of buying, selling, or investing in real estate, we've got all different kinds of incentives and programs uh, designed for whatever it is you want to accomplish. Maybe if you're moving locally, you're going to sell a home, buy another, uh, we'll pay your moving expenses. Or maybe you want to uh, align yourself with a company that will literally buy the house for you that you then rent until you sell your house and then you buy that house. There's there's all kinds of great programs out there. Um, we don't have time to go through all of them, but if there's an interest in buying, selling, or investing in real estate, or if you want to rent out your property this year, then I invite you to give us a call and see how we can help you. Our number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or go to listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And you guys enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Join us for another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show next Saturday morning at 9 and Sunday morning at 10. Contact Brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009.